It takes more than a healthy skepticism of code written after midnight to be a great software engineer. This is episode 209 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I am your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer your questions about software development, but not technical questions. <laughs> I don't think I've written code after midnight for a long time, actually. It's been a long time for me, too. But if I did, I'd be suspicious of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did... In my younger days, I did two overnight coding sessions just nonstop all night long. For what? Well, for work. It oh, wasn't, for work. Yeah, it was like I really wanted to <laughs> – this is going to sound funny, but I really one of our applications, I really wanted to port it from 32 bits to 64 bits, and so I just did it. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, this should be easy. And then I, and then the sun came up. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. Did you finish, though? Yeah, got it running in 64 bits. I mean, was it successful? Yeah, and uh, yeah, actually, this is one of those stupid situations where I did this thing, and then like, not too long afterwards, we started getting all sixty-four bit hardware. So like, we really had to do it. <laughs> so, huh. and I had been running in sixty-four bit. So this was before my time. What did you? Was it just like changing like shorts to longs everywhere or something? No, I, well, it was like so. It was C plus plus code, and we had point. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Save that for. <laughs> Hard skills engineering. Yes. <laughs> the secret bonus show. Tweet tweet me later and I'll tell you the details. It was pretty fun. <laughs> okay. Dave, do you want to thank our patrons? Yes, I do. Thank you to those that are contributing on Patreon at the amount that gets them a shout out every week. They are Vinlock, Braden Keynes, Chris Hogan, Dennis Bogdanov, Evgeny Slatkowski, John Grant, Luis Santos, Nuke. I almost said Nuke Bayless, like nuclear Bayless. Maybe Luke Nuke Bayless, that's his wrestling nickname, I guess. <laughs> Luke the Nuke Bayless in this corner. Yeah. All right, Nick Hathaway, Philip John Basile, The Agile Ventures Charity, Sean, Stanley Tactical Radio, Stephen Armand Lee, Taras Haruk, Travis, and Zach Grannon. If you'd like to support the show on Patreon, go to softskills.audio. That's our website. And click support us on Patreon. And if you do, we will give you an invitation at the beginning of every month to join our Slack community, which is a vibrant, growing community of amazing engineers who have really interesting discussions especially nowadays like stuff like what is your company doing in the light of this weird coronavirus <laughs> situation which has been fascinating to compare yeah. notes you did say you'll get an invite every month and i was going to say well only the first month but actually that's not true we're pretty lazy about how we invite people so we just <laughs> reinvite people and hope slack dedupes the <laughs> the invites for us and sometimes they do yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> So if you would like a monthly reminder that we care about you, all you have to do is make a $1 contribution on Patreon. <laughs> hey, these trying times, maybe that's worth it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to read our first question from an anonymous listener. Is a glue person valuable on a software team? Someone who isn't the strongest developer but is liked by teammates and builds a cohesive team dynamic. Huh. Hmm, glue, kind of holding it together. Yeah. Did you ever put glue on your fingers and then wait for it to dry and then peel it off when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, well, oh. When or, I, was, when I, was I mean, <laughs> how about. And as an adult, I guess. How about every time I try to use super glue to fix something, it ends up sticking two of my fingers together, no matter how careful I am. <laughs> uh, what's like the adult version of preschool? Like gr- advanced preschool level skills before it was paste in preschool and now it's super glue in grown up preschool. Well, I have stopped eating it. Eating super glue seems like it would be bad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that sounds bad. Yeah. A glue person. Have you heard the term glue person? Is this like a common knowledge thing? I'm not sure. I, I think I've heard it. 
I've definitely heard of glue code, but this is not that. Yeah, yeah, this is a little different. My So my interpretation of it is somebody who isn't super flashy. They're not like just cranking out raw technical output, but they kind of just make things better around them in this vague, hard to measure way. And And maybe not even technically. Yeah, I mean, they make the team more effective broadly, but they're not the person who is tackling and solving the really hard technical problems. So like maybe an example would be someone who when they're in the room, tensions are always at ease and people can communicate more openly and clearly. And Yeah, or they ask good questions like, do we have to do it this way? Can we shuffle these priorities around? And I don't know. In my head, they're tied to impact more than raw technical output, I guess. Yeah. If they're a, a good glue person. Yeah. So they're kind of like a kind of a force multiplier, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Like to make the team more effective. I, I think a good glue person would be, yeah. Maybe maybe one of the defining characteristics of a glue person is that they are constantly underpaid <laughs> because no one appreciates the great <laughs> contribution. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Glue people are harder to recognize than someone who like their name is all over this really core piece of code that's yeah. that's very easy for us to recognize and value and promote on but just saying if i wasn't here stuff would just be worse is hard to measure and and impact is already hard to measure would you consider a, a glue person to potentially at least one type of glue person to be someone who is constantly giving good feedback on code reviews but not writing a lot of code themselves yeah i think so yeah, I mean that's that's a way you could have good impact, or or even just demonstrating and encouraging, like good patterns of communication in in code reviews, because mm. those can devolve and become gross and unhelpful. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a hard thing here is glue. Like the the value a glue person provides is is pretty subjective. I feel like, and sometimes people who are struggling or who aren't delivering value, I've seen them try to claim that they're being glue people and it, it doesn't seem like that for some of them and sometimes people are delivering tons of value by being glue people but they're just totally ignored and and like the the normal mechanisms for recognition and and reward don't really catch their value so yeah. it's like a good one is great but it's hard to know if someone is good at it, ah, I guess. So it's like easily a, a false positive situation. I think so. So it's really risky to be a glue person because management is constantly thinking, yeah. is this person an underperformer or a, a critical glue person on our team? It's like, those are the two. Exactly. Yeah. Like we know for sure that they don't have the strongest technical skills. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that part is we we got. The question is, are they doing a bunch of other stuff or are they just like don't have the strongest technical skills maybe not i don't know strong technical skills is the wrong term it's like they're not having this pure technical output right they don't have an obvious technical contribution that we measure with our rudimentary tools yeah so like it, it could be dangerous to be the glue person oh it, it totally is there's this presentation called being glue that i think i've referred to a couple times in this podcast but i'll refer to it again because it's really fantastic and that's basically the argument the argument is if you are just attracted to like where the biggest problem is, oftentimes those things aren't technical and you end up like scheduling meetings and unblocking people. And mm. I mean, not technical is the wrong word. They're not like sitting down and writing a bunch of code. Right. And if, if you're trying to just point yourself at what can make the biggest difference, that can lead to you doing a lot of things that look like managerial work or tech lead work. And if you don't have that title, then it's there's this weird bias against like 
measuring like once you're a manager you're you get this pass on doing glue work because that's the expectation is right that's your job that's your job so of course your value is kind of like diffused over your whole team that's that's what you're doing if you're sitting down and writing all the code then you kind of suck but if you're doing it without being a manager then you can get this reputation as someone who just can't deliver right so maybe you should go after that manager title just really quick if you're the blue person (laughs) i mean that's one way to do it like if you really like this role then yeah maybe maybe make that role your job but let's not forget that glue is the thing that's like holding things together which by definition means it's under constant pressure and always (laughs) always at risk of being torn apart (laughs) yeah that's true there are some forces pulling at you all the time in every direction yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I think there's another kind of glue person too, which is so we've talked kind of about the soft skills glue person, the the person who unblocks people through like getting the right people in the room together, asking good questions, calming tensions. Then there's another kind of glue person who's holding it holding the ship together through a treasure trove of technical knowledge and context that they've amassed over the years. And this is like this is like the person that I think this person is in a less risky situation because everyone knows that they are like the bus factor on this person is super high. So if we lose them, then okay. the whole the whole ship's going to fall apart. And we know that. And so it's kind of like these two categories, like the one person just quietly does a good job keeping the keeping the ship on track. And the other one does it loudly. And everyone knows, well, they don't contribute a lot of code. But boy, if we didn't have them, we would no one would know what to do. Yeah. I haven't thought about that as a glue person, but that, that kind of makes sense. So do you think that person is valuable? Well, no. I think that person... <laughs> no, seriously. I think that is a, a really bad sign that your team has a bunch of tribal knowledge that is trapped inside of a skull, one skull, with no redundancy. And teams that have that kind of situation where it's like, well, I don't know how to do this, but let's go talk to Yoda. He's the only one who knows. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's just bad news. Skulls are remarkably fragile too. I mean, we think <laughs> they're hard, but like they're, they're harder not, than they're harder than hard. like belly buttons, but they're yeah. not, not harder than pavement. There's lots of things harder than skulls. <laughs> Cars. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah. Viruses. <laughs> oh, that, too soon I think for that joke. No, and this is like this is a smell, I think. If you have this kind of a glue person who's holding it together through context and knowledge that other people don't have tribal knowledge that's all in one person that's a smell and then the symptoms are manifest in people getting blocked all the time because they don't have access to this person so what do you do about it what do you do about it if you're on the team or what do you do about it if you are the glue person well if you are the glue person and layoffs are happening you're safe (laughs) if you're the technical glue person right that you're talking about if you're the the keeper of the old ways yes <laughs> <laughs> if you know the sacred texts yes <laughs> how to maintain this old php thing that makes you all the money right <laughs> yeah no i'm just kidding uh if what do you do if i was leading a team that had the bad kind of glue person the tribal knowledge glue person i would take action to get all that information out of that person's head and into the rest of the team through the form of knowledge sharing sessions, through documentation. You know, I would basically say anytime you go to so-and-so with a question, they you have to document the answer. 
you know, and then eventually that person will become obsolete and then you can let them go. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I was going to say, what <laughs> happens to the person? Suddenly they have to contribute just like everyone else and it levels the playing field. I think that knowledge you're talking about can be a curse for the glue person as well because they are lashed to this project. They can't leave it or it falls apart. And I, I'm assuming it's probably kind of tricky to work in. So it's it's not like the most enjoyable <laughs> thing. And it might be hard to modify and, and produce new things out of it. But you can set them free. You can break their bonds. <laughs> you can. You can. You can unglue them. <laughs> Relieve some of the pressure. No, it does. It stinks to sit at your desk all day and just wait for people to come ask you questions and have a line of people constantly wanting to ask you questions, especially when you're answering the same question over and over. There is a better way. I don't know. That sounds pretty good for my ego. <laughs> if I had people lining up at my desk, like supplicants, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe like people lining up in a in an online Google form asking you soft skills questions every week. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you are the glue, I Jameson. Dream. I am. <laughs> so we've kind of landed on maybe... If it's, if it's glue because it's this technical knowledge that they contribute value by, by doling out when you're really stuck, then fix that. I don't feel like we really landed on a hard yes or a no for just the general like spread goodness through the team person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think the answer to that can be yes. And what do you do to make sure that that person doesn't get underappreciated? And the answer I think to that is that you document what makes a valuable engineer on your team and what are their criteria for progression and growth. And you can write down specifically some of these things like encourages good code review practices that are constructive and non-attacky. Yeah, non-attacky. Is <laughs> You could write that in your HR documentation, I think. <laughs> but you could, you could enumerate all the things that glue people do and you could encourage everyone to become a glue person so that you have, you don't end up having specialization creep where one person gets all the cool tech jobs that get lots of visibility, and one person gets left as the glue, keeping it all together. Yeah. There's also a difference between someone who likes this kind of work, but is, is a very capable technical developer still, and someone who is kind of like driven to it because that's where they can provide the most value. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a hard it's like a hard thing to judge i don't know judging technical skill is a pretty unsolved problem anyways mm -hmm. but but i know it when i see it exactly yeah you know it when you see it like if someone is saying i don't know i'm just really struggling but i'll like schedule some meetings like that can go pretty poorly and and end up costing more than if they were just struggling and concentrating on technical work so mm -hmm. I, I think the point i'm trying to make is there should be like you should have some idea of what value you're getting out of them and if mm -hmm. they're turning to glue work to like cover up the fact that they can't provide a bunch of value so they're just kind of retreating to these hard to measure places and saying like i'll be safe in the shadows of of meetings and gantt charts and like i don't know vague dis dis diffused value then that seems like a problem i think either way if you can make it more measurable then the good glue people will be rewarded and mm -hmm. people who are kind of just using it to struggle a little bit will will be able to be like held accountable. Like if you want to do yeah. that work, it's it's valuable. You should just be able to show how valuable it is. Yeah. Also, I do think you can be a better glue person if you are stronger technically on an engineering yeah. team. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody needs a little bit of both. Yeah. And I've, I've come to appreciate the older I get, the value of having a team with different strengths 
instead of just all hardcore code ninjas, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's great to have variety. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck, and let us know how your glue situation works out. I guess this isn't really a situation, so maybe don't let us know anything. <laughs> just, I don't know. Look up at the sky, and you'll see us there. <laughs> oh, we'll is... just know. We'll, we'll look down and smile <laughs> oh, and nod. Oh, I think we just hit peak arrogance with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy no we can go higher <laughs> there's more room for arrogance <laughs> we are space attorneys so yeah. <laughs> why limit yourself yeah. at the sky okay let me just set all that aside and move on to our next question which comes from an anonymous listener who says a while ago i interviewed with a big company right after completing a code challenge and covid19 got out of hand in my country the company sent me an email saying they are putting the process on hold Weeks have passed, and I came across a job listing posted recently by the same company for the position I was applying to. I felt betrayed. I emailed the recruiter asking for follow-up, and she said that they are sorry about the situation and that they wanted to schedule a meeting. The question is, should I let them know I was displeased by this, or is this really a non-issue? Do I risk my chances by doing so? Am I acting like a jealous teenager? Thanks a lot, and love the podcast. Stay safe. Hmm. You could be a teenager. I don't know. Teenagers get jobs as software developers too. Mm-hmm. I've hired one. And then you can just, yeah, then you can just tell them, hey, I'm I'm a jealous teenager. <laughs> I hired a teenager once. Did you? Yeah, yeah, no, I actually did. And in fact, this particular teenager was so young that his mother had to sign his stock option agreement. Holy cow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's kind of like the child actor situation where <laughs> yes. maybe his mom was just cashing those checks. <laughs> Thanks for supporting me like I supported you. Yeah. <laughs> Time to pay back. So is this a weird situation, you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, weird stuff happens all the time with recruiting and, and things change enough. Even when there's not a global pandemic going on. <laughs> yeah, even when there's not this unprecedented global event. Stuff is constantly changing inside the company and you have very little insight from the outside about what's going on. Like the department you were getting hired in could have totally disappeared and been like split up and reshuffled across a whole bunch of different teams and like oh, yeah. these huge changes could have happened behind the scenes that have nothing to do with them wanting or not wanting to hire you totally or they could just not want to hire you and they're bad at saying no yeah that's a possibility but the fact that they've scheduled a follow-up meeting probably means that's not the case yeah that's true i guess i yeah if they were gonna ghost you they would have just ghosted you i think it's really common for less experienced engineers to read too much into job descriptions that are posted online. This applies to literally every word in the job description, whether it's required skills, whether it's the title, you know, these things are almost always wrong. And so just because you saw a job posting appear that matches the previous job posting you saw, doesn't mean that it's even the same organization within the company that posted that job. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Often they're reused too. Yeah. They might have some standard template for just like, we need a software engineer and then throw that out. And then yep. it, it looks the same, but it's wildly different projects and people and reporting structure. I know that because I've worked for big companies and, and sometimes the company will have a public facing job site where you can read the job descriptions. And then there's also a corresponding internal job site, which gives more information about each job listing. Like, for example, what the name of the specific hiring manager is. And I've been surprised sometimes when I look at a listing on the external site and I think, oh, I know what that team is. And then I look it up inside and I'm like, oh, it's, that's not even the same organization. Like it's a, 
It's like a different thousand person organization on the other side of the planet. Yeah, if it's a big tech company, I mean, they're probably hiring hundreds of, of engineers at a time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those will look the same. I imagine not yeah. all of those job descriptions are carefully individualized for the exact role. And like you said, I mean, people don't even know. They just know, like, I would like one more person on this team, please. Right. In fact, at Google, the job descriptions are almost totally generic, where it's like, you will be a Google software engineer. And you don't even get to pick a team until after you've passed the interview process. And then if a team wants you, they'll pick you. It's called the matching matching process. So at some big tech companies, you're interviewing for a position, but there's actually not a designated team where you would go if you pass the interview yet. Huh. What about this question of, should I let them know I was displeased by this? I am displeased. I require one Ferrari <laughs> as compensation for my hurt feelings. <laughs> I'm displeased, but I could be pleased for a price <laughs> i could be undispleased yeah you could buy back my please <laughs> i would absolutely not say hey this was a jerk move like I, yeah I, I don't know you have no insight into what happened i think you could ask them why this happened and then you might get some more details from the recruiter like we have these generic job postings like why what happened like like why the posting came up well, yeah, just say like, hey, I, I thought I was applying to this position. I saw this posting. Is it for the same position? Okay, okay. Does okay, that okay. mean you're still interviewing for it? Yeah, that's an, that's an innocent question. I just don't know what you would do with the answer. Yeah. I mean, you could just ask, can I proceed with the hiring process? You know, that's really what you want to know. Yeah, I guess that's what you're really trying to find out. Yeah, that's true. Let, let's not forget that this recruiter is probably under tremendous pressure right now and probably is concerned about getting laid off because a lot of companies are doing hiring freezes. And when you do hiring freezes, that means there's less recruitment activity. And when there's less recruitment activity, mm. that means you need fewer recruiters. So there's probably a lot of pressure on this person right now. And, you know, they're probably drafting nasty emails about their coworkers to make sure that they get let go first. You know, it's a lot of work to do that <laughs> stuff. As one does. <laughs> Just kidding. Recruiters are good people. I think you're right that it doesn't matter why they did this. You just care if you still have a chance of getting the job or not. That makes yeah. more sense than yeah. asking what's going on. Yeah, the fact that they scheduled a meeting makes me think you're still in the running. Yeah. I don't I don't know why they would have met with you again if they were planning on saying no. Yeah, a no could have come in the form of an email. Although maybe it's a meeting yeah. so they can tell you face-to-face -face that we're not going to proceed. But either way, you'll get closure here pretty quick when this meeting happens. Yeah. I haven't seen that too much at big companies, especially... I mean, this is just through the code challenge part. Right. Yeah, it's very early in the process. Yeah, that's like a if, screening step. Maybe if someone went through the whole process and invested a bunch of time, then right. you might want to kind of have a higher touch with them to leave them with a better impression. But. Yeah, exactly. If you had failed the coding, like the coding screening, then you would probably get an automated email saying, thank you, we're not going to move forward at this time. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that you got a meeting means they're probably going to, they're basically going to restart. My guess is you fell through the cracks. And the recruiter lost track of you and made a mistake and probably a lot of other candidates too. And they're rebooting the process to get you going again, figure out where you are, make sure you're still interested and then bring you in for an onsite or something if you did pass the coding screening. And people fall through the cracks when nothing is happening. <laughs> like It happens, yeah. Yeah, it just, it just happens. You really can't expect any company of any size to be so on the ball that you can do nothing and the process will go smoothly. You are responsible for your interview process at a company, not the recruiter, not the hiring manager. 
And if you will take that seriously yeah. and not take it personally when you don't get 100% of their attention, you'll have more success. I like it. I feel motivated now. To do what? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm not looking for a job, but <laughs> okay. I feel motivated okay. to, if I start looking for a job at some point, go back and listen to this episode and then take ownership <laughs> over the process. Well, if there's one thing working at a big company has taught me, it's that don't take it personally when people don't give you all of their attention because people's attention is being pulled in a thousand directions all the time. And the people who are successful are willing to continue engaging and pinging on a subject or a person and keep them engaged. And frankly, I see this at the macro level too, not to get too philosophical, but like companies do this a lot. I mean, companies grow very slowly in most cases and they do it by continually getting people's attention and keeping customers engaged. It's very rare that a company just goes skyrocket success overnight because they went, quote, viral. Anyway, same thing applies at the micro level to your interview process. You're not going to go viral in the interview. That's, That's right. what you're saying. <laughs> and if you do, it's probably for something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> If if ever you find that your code sample has been forwarded to a thousand people, yes. then you probably screwed up. It's not because it's good. <laughs> forward, 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 forward. Holy crap, look at this. <laughs> True. All right, have yeah. we answered the question here? Completely. Okay, 100% answered. completely answered the question. What can people do good if luck. they want to get their own questions answered? They can go to softskills.audio, and when they go there, they can click ask a question and fill out this form we we read them i think we, we read them all like oh, yeah and we will answer them all eventually before mm -hmm. the universe ends we get to them all we will thank you so much for submitting questions we love reading them and learn from them and we love answering them you help keep the show going thank you for listening to if you like the show please share it with people yeah i got nothing me neither no more words the end good see you later <laughs> see you next week 